We are the Rockaroo. Oh no, I'm totally wrong. That's Fox Sports. Yeah, we are. Fox Sports. Yeah. Is it Fox? Yeah, it's Fox Sports. Yeah, I fucked that up pretty good. Well, Root, Fox, whatever, they're all the same effing thing. You know, I, I was talking some mad shit in our last episode about uh, the Home Run Derby. And yeah, what'd you think? <laughs> it turned out that. Uh, Scott Pedersen, um, Vlad Guerrero Jr. battle was was pretty damn epic. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, man, I thought Pedersen was gonna was gonna blow his back out. Well, I mean, hey, Guerrero Jr. for that matter too. Like that guy uh, puts put some stuff into his swing. I think he was off his feet when he was contacting the ball. Yeah, it seems like that, like he, he spent his whole career training for that. <laughs> Just yeah. like maybe, you know, maybe, what maybe, was it? maybe he, play third base a little little better, but no, he, 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 he went all in on the, uh, on the old home run derby. Yeah, he ended up uh, getting beat, or no, he ended up beating Scott Pedersen, 40 to 39. That's crazy. I thought... Uh, in the semifinals. He ended up hitting 91 home runs and lost. <laughs> crazy. And I thought I thought Pedersen was going was gonna to pull it off against him. Uh, that was fun. I thought I liked the, the overtime, specifically the three swings. Yeah. I, that's how, like, that's how it should be all the time. You know, in my my opinion, obviously. Oh, from the beginning, yeah. round them up, like, and you just get three swings, and whoever hits the most home runs gets it. Yeah, I mean, like, maybe yeah. you do five swings or something more, but it, it was very exciting, and uh, it was a nice little back and forth. Yeah, yeah. I mean, whew, it was that was crazy. That was crazy. It was epic. Uh, we'll see how those guys finish out the rest of the season. My my, the guy I was cheering for ended up winning it, Pete Alonso. That's right. Anyway. Yeah, he got. I mean, who knows? He could have hit ninety one homers, but he didn't need to because he had that first seed. So he just once he hit his once he beat the guy, he was done. You know, Vlad Guerrero right, yeah. had to smash him, save some energy. Yeah. The funny thing about it, is, even though I, I, that Pedersen uh, Guerrero Jr. matchup w- was fun, I don't even think I watched the final, the final matchup. 
So <laughs> uh, that is pretty funny. So yeah, I guess a little bit of a I don't know silver lining there with the home run derby. I guess there's still some value. Yeah. Did you watch a? Did you watch any other than just that? Did you watch the whole first round or? You know, it was one of well, one? you know, it was one of those things that was in the background, on in the background, because you know I was editing the last week's episode during it, so I wasn't like sitting there watching it. But then once, like, you know, you kind of see that, you know, Vlad is about to uh, break a record or whatever, or hit thirty home runs in five minutes. Uh, then you kind of stop and and watch, and then you're thinking, no way is Pedersen, no way is Pedersen even going to come close, and then he does, and it's like, holy shit! Yeah, that was crazy. But the the funny thing is, uh, I guess I shouldn't say funny thing, but the impressive thing was uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. in the first round. Like usually in those home run derbies, you know, those guys are. Uh, swinging, obviously they're swinging for the fences. That's the way it is. But it, normally it means that they're kind of hitting balls out to their their strong side or their pull side. And uh, Ronald Acuna Jr., if you look at his spray chart in round one, he hit uh, 25 home runs, and like they were spread throughout the entire field. It was crazy. You know, like everyone else is like obviously hitting them out pole side, but his were center, left center, right center, left field, right field. It was nuts, man. It was actually pretty damn impressive. He went on to lose to, uh, I guess, Alonzo in the semifinals, uh, but it was uh, it was pretty impressive. His little uh, spray chart there. Pete Alonzo, I thought was the. The thing that I thought was really cool was how pumped up Pete Alonso got. It was a, uh, it was fun to watch him. Like after every time he uh, started getting the crowd involved and they're cheering for him, and then he got all pumped up after he knew that he hit his final home run. It was pretty sweet for a Met, for a New York Met. Yeah, I mean, I guess the the players uh, enjoy that derby. Uh... I guess specifically the young ones, and I guess when there is a million dollars on, on the line, uh, I guess I gotta say it. You know, I think he he donated like five percent of it to someone or you know some charity, and then another five to a different charity, and you know obviously you're sitting there thinking, well, why don't you just donate one hundred percent of it, big cheese? Uh, you know, obviously 10% is better than nothing, but I just think he made a point, right? He made a point of saying, I'm donating this 5% and this other 5%. <laughs> it's like, uh, I mean, you know, I, 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 yeah, it's, it's, it's a home run derby, dude. Yeah. Just take it all. Honestly. Yeah, just it. pocket it all. Buy yourself some better fucking clothes. I don't know. Did you see any of the? Actually, his his attire wasn't that bad on the red carpet. I I, I just used that kind of as a segue. But uh, <laughs> some of the guys, like you know, uh, and I don't know if you saw, but Trevor and Nolan, I think they were dressed almost exactly the same, which is very cute. Very cute. They were both wearing <laughs> like navy blue blazers and just a white shirt. 
And Nolan went like full Jersey Shore blowout on his hair. Did you see that? No, I didn't. The (laughs) only thing I saw, honestly, was Blackman in his American flag, whatever the heck he was wearing. Yeah. That's the only thing I saw. And I just saw it because of the, the like intro and uh, the just the quick flash and it obviously stood out the most to me, this bearded dude in this American flag get up. But uh, yeah, I, I guess uh, <laughs> it's weird how those guys it's not weird. I mean it's their their shot to kinda show who they are. I guess they probably yeah. pay PR people to to get them all ready for that stuff. And like you always say, and we always say Blackman's got this kind of persona to, to stick to. And yeah, Trevor's developing his and, and so is Arenado to some extent. The uh, it's, it's interesting to see those guys. And I mean, they're trying to make a statement and sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Mike Moustakis was wearing a, um, a suit jacket with a hood. It was like a hoodie suit jacket. Which oh, really? I, I I like the attempt, but I think I think he missed the mark with it. Um, but attire aside, what do you think of the All Star Game itself? Uh, it was okay. It's just a bummer to. I mean, Blackman hit the jack. It's just a bummer to watch. Nolan go in and go out and basically uh, do nothing again. Just a bummer. And not just do nothing, but he had a chance to make a really awesome play on Bregman too, and he just he didn't. Yeah, he stopped the ball. It was a hot shot, but um, you know, probably saved a double. But that's a play that we know he's capable of making, and he just didn't do it. And, you know, uh, obviously Blackman hit the home run, which was cool, the first first run for the National League. Davey double. All that a single. Yeah, single, scored a run. And then Story only got one at bat, which I thought was a little... Bullhawk. Bullhawk, yeah. He did strike out, which sucks, but... um, why? It was a full count strikeout, though. <laughs> yeah, he took him deep. He took him deep <laughs> in the count. Uh, why? What is the deal with the National League sucking so hard? Did you hear, like, in the last 32 All-Star games, the I think the American League is something like 26, 6, and 1, or however the math adds up. I, I, I can't do it on the fly, but some, you know, something crazy like that. And then the last seven yeah. in a row, I think like, what is that about? It's not good. I don't know. I'll tell you this. I don't know. I can't speak for previous years, but I, I can speak for this year. One Los Angeles Dodgers coach, Ugh. Dave Roberts leads the team Two, Los Angeles Dodgers main guy, Clayton Kershaw gives up the first run. Three, Los Angeles Dodgers' second guy, Bueller, gives up a run. So, you know, I think they're just led by some losers in this particular year. Yeah, well, it's funny you bring that up because I think there was – I can't remember what season it was, but it was the season when Granke was pitching for the Dodgers and he had had like a – 
1.2 ERA or something crazy like that. And he started the game. And the first batter for the American League, Trout, went yard on him. And then I think Kershaw also pitched in that game and gave up some runs. So um, I don't know. I guess, you know, we, we bitch and moan about Nolan not showing up on the big stage. Maybe Dodgers fans have, have some qualms with that as well. <laughs> but I'm thinking, yeah. like, there's no way there's that big of a talent gap between the two leagues. I think, I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't know. It's just a... It's just some mental thing, I guess. The NL doesn't take it seriously enough. I, I mean, Could I don't be. know. It's weird. It's weird because it's not even a home. And I mean, this year it was home. That didn't really make a difference. But I mean, the NL had a definite chance in the eighth inning there, and they mm-hmm. blew it. I mean, they really did. They ended up scoring two, but you know, the uh, had bases loaded there. Blackman strikes out, right? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Which I'm sure he was going to hit a jack. That would have been awesome. Another jack. Yeah. That would have been. That would have been. Because then it would have been like, boom, lock for player of the game. Yeah. Boom, bam, boom. Instead, some dude named Bieber gets it. Yeah. Well, how do you feel about that? (laughs) That's hometown favoritism, man. Yeah. That's all that is. Although he did come in and strike out three guys in his one inning of work. He did. But, I mean, Hendricks, he. Struck out three guys. He gave up a run. And so did Chapman. I mean, and he got the save. Like Chapman could have easily gotten it. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I, I guess. I think Gallo was, was probably a, a top uh, front runner as well for that. Who he, Gallo man, and he just smoked that ball. <laughs> first pitch, it was like he didn't even wait. No, it was nothing. It was just like, boom, crush. It was uh, actually pretty impressive. It was. I think I think uh, maybe Brantley had a shot at it too because yeah. get kind of an old school. I mean, an old uh, Cleveland Indian that was a very the fan favorite. You know, he ends up going to Houston, comes back as an All Star. Maybe they're a little. They might be a little bitter about that because uh, I don't think he was ever. He may have been an All Star the one year with uh, with Cleveland, but that uh, he could have been a candidate too. I mean. He had yeah. the best OPS out of all of them except Gallo, who had a five OPS with one at bat, one jack, and an RBI. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I'm I'm fine with it. Ultimately, it's like it's hard to pick that because there's like you only get like a very small opportunity to make a difference. So you're either yeah. hitting a home run on the offensive side of the ball, or you're you're striking out three dudes in one inning of work. So, I mean, geez, I don't know. It's tough, tough call. Yeah, and I guess I think Bieber was pitching when it was still a one-run game. So, I, I, yeah. I don't know. I'm sure that factors into it as well. And usually I would say, like, does it really matter? But, like, they're giving away vehicles, you know? Like, that's a pretty big deal. And that's yeah. probably why they, you know, maybe stayed away from a Chapman or – you know, maybe big name guys just because, you know, they can buy their own fucking cars. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought it was fun. You know, it's always fun to just see all that stuff. Um, didn't get a chance to see John Means pitch, which was bullshit. But other than that, um, you know, for all us 
Orioles fans out there. Um, yeah, that's a bummer. I mean, he's your only guy. Like, get him in there. Yeah, but what do you, what do you think about? You know, they were interviewing Charlie in the field, um, and you know, he made the statement about like, you know, his wife doesn't like the beard, but it's probably going to stay during his baseball gig, and then Joe Bug asks him. Well, how long is that going to be? <laughs> like he's some kind of like old wily vet who like everyone's wondering will he won't he retire at the end of the season? It's like no, this, this dude just signed a a long extension last year and just had 15 hits in a four game series and you know one of the hottest players in the the game at the time. It's just like maybe it was just one of those things. But Joe Buck sucks, by the way. I mean, you know oh, that. Yeah, dude, I've been on that bandwagon for a long time. I may have started the truck on that one. But it's like when your job is to speak and you're out there calling him, um, you know, when he announced Nolan, what what did he say? What's the, you know, Arenado. What's the other way that a lot of announcers? Arenado. Arenado. Like, really? It's on Major League Baseball website that it's, are uh nado yeah so i uh, silly and then i think that question just kind of flew out of his mouth before he had time to think about it but it, i just thought it i mean just stupid oh yeah and that wasn't even the worst question he asked him oh because the very first question he asked him is like, so do you guys have a good team out there in colorado <laughs> oh yeah like what? Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's he gonna say? No. Like what? No. Our like, bullpen what kind of is shit. Are you, what are you? What are you asking him? Yeah. It was ridiculous. And then I, I did like the. Uh, I don't know exactly what he asked Yelich, and I actually don't know the full response uh, that he gave. I was watching it and just kind of heard it in the in the. I, I pretty much tune out Buck, but yeah. I was watching it and he asked the question. What do you think of this uh, whole? thing with the are the uh less drag on the baseball leading to more home runs obviously because verlander made his statement which we'll go into probably here in a little bit which i think was awesome but uh asked yelich that and yelich responds kind of to some extent i guess what he says is like i don't know man i'm no scientist i just play baseball it's like yeah like what is like what are you asking him yeah hey you're hitting. You've hit 30 home runs. Your next contract's going to be ginormous because of this <laughs> baseball. What do you think? Do you think it's uh, because of the baseball and pitcher salaries are going to get screwed, or do you think that uh, it's because you know you're just taking better hacks at it out there? You know what's it? What do you expect him to say? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And Bellinger's over there on the. That was the new thing. Like every, like they had multiple guys on the on the form this time yeah. and they had they were doing a guy freddie freeman right off the bat uh at bat they were doing him which i actually kind of thought was pretty cool hey they were must have been listening to the rockaroo remember i brought that up last oh, yeah. season and i yes, you know you my did. thing was have have the batter and the pitcher both mic'd up but i liked it i liked the batter i thought it was cool uh i liked the um bellinger and and Yelich at the same time did not like the three Astros. I think that inning was just, 
it just didn't work because there's kind of I think someone hit a double over Springer's head or something. But um, yeah, and then Brantley goes, "Hey, Alex, Springer missed the cutoff, man." Yeah, and, they're and they all started laughing like, giggling. "What's new?" Yeah, yeah. Um, and Bregman sounded like a cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, to, to address the, yeah. What are the, what are the hitters going to say? Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're hitting more home runs because the ball's tighter. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, so, uh, to, to that, you obviously probably read what Verlander said and I just like him. Oh, you didn't. No, all I heard was, I think at the first I ever heard of it was in, in the all-star game. And then I wasn't, I didn't, I can't remember why I didn't see the interview, you know, whatever, Lil Rosenthal interviewed him, and I think the pizza had come or something like that. I, I missed it, but yeah, I don't, yeah tell, me, the, tell me what's going on there, because I don't really know. So in the interview, uh, they kind of are dr- try to address something that Verlander said in the, um, I guess in a news conference on July 8th uh, right after the the Astros played Cleveland and his quote is quote it's an effing joke major league baseball's turning this game into a joke they own Rawlings and you've got MLB commissioner Rob Manfred up here saying it might be the way the center the pill they own the effing company Verlander said um, and then he goes on to say, uh, we all know what happened. Manfred, the first time he came in, what did he say? He said he wanted more offense. All of a sudden, he comes in, the balls are juiced. It's not coincidence. We're not idiots. So he dropped two F-bombs. He's basically saying, hey, this whole thing is a, kind of a joke. Like, don't, don't play us off for fools. We know what's going on out there. Oh, and by the way, Verlander's given up more home runs than he's ever given up in the season. Well, not not yet. He's given up 26 home runs this year, and last season he gave up 26 total. So uh, he's he's bitter, but it, basically he's just calling Manfred out like, hey, you want more offense? Do, do something else. Don't juice the balls. I mean, he's basically saying the balls are juiced. Well, maybe. I thought it was funny to call him out, call Manfred out though because Manfred is, is a piece of crap. Uh, that's a. I like the statement by Verlander. I'm not a huge Verlander fan. I don't super dislike him until I saw his you know tiny left arm. But whatever, that's <laughs> that's a different yeah. episode. Uh, we know he doesn't like juicing, so that's a good thing. <laughs> now. Does Major League Baseball really own Rawlings, or was that just he's mouthing off on that? I didn't do any additional research uh, on that. Okay, it's possible. Uh, you know, I I think um, listen, it wouldn't be surprising if they were being specifically juiced. I know we went through this in what ninety eight when. Um, you know, we made the joke about, you know, but you know, the balls were juiced, the players were juiced, and we forgot to mention that the bats were probably juiced too, 
Remember yeah. our pal Sammy Sosa? Um, mm-hmm. So three juices, and uh, I don't know. I, hopefully we don't get back to three juices here in the, you know, the 2020s, I guess, is, is what they would be called. The 20s, just whatever, getting off track. Yeah. Uh yeah, it's a ballsy statement for sure. I, I, I don't have a problem with it. It's, you know, part of the 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 whole entertainment uh, system, I guess you could say. Yeah. Obviously, did Manfred come out and officially deny those uh, allegations? Uh, you know, I don't think, I did not read anything other than that. Uh really surface level for me. I didn't want to do too much research. I did just pull this up, Wall Street Journal. I don't know if you like that uh, source, but it does say MLB buys Rawlings from Newell Brands for $395 million. Yeah. Uh, that was in 2018, so. Okay, well then, you know, Verlander, I think, is probably on to something. Um, <laughs> he, he I might think be. he is. I, <laughs> you know, and I remember there's a game. There's The Rockies were doing a nationally broadcast game. They weren't doing it. They were playing. They were playing, and it was nationally broadcast. And Ron, not Ron Darling, who's the ah, son of a bitch, the guy on ESPN – he played for the Dodgers. Damn, what the hell is that guy's name? Oral Hershiser. No, he was doing the games in San Francisco with little Timmy Kirkchin. Um, oh. Shit, he's got a goatee. This is embarrassing. Anyway, they asked him, or Kirkchin, I th- well, Kirkchin or the other guy asked him if, uh, you know, the ball felt differently in his hand, and he straight up said, yeah. Oh, well, there you go. You know, and these are these are guys that are – and I think Verlander was even saying something like that last season as well. Like the ball – you know, these are guys that, you know, probably live their life with, with – you know, these pitchers live their life with these balls in their hands. So have to take their word for it. Um, so, I mean, it would not be surprising if these balls are wound tighter, the seams are, are smaller – the problem is you got dickheads like Drew Goodman up there. I don't think it's anything intentional. I think, you know, these balls are hand-made and hand-stitched, uh, which I don't even – is that even true? That doesn't seem like <laughs> a true statement, but – There's no way they could produce enough balls for That's that what I was true. thinking. When they're throwing, like, a, you know, a ball barely nicks the dirt and they want to throw it out of play. Yeah, there's no way those are <laughs> – Yeah. But <laughs> – yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Obviously, you know the stats are kind of showing it too. Yeah, Daniel definitely. Murphy hasn't. Well, he's finally just started to catch on. He's finally just started to catch on, but it took him a while. <laughs> yeah, he won some kind of a award. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that, but okay. uh, I, which I didn't even know existed, and is probably a wh- whatever. We're we're gonna get into that. Let's let's finish up All Star real quick. Yeah. Um, the thing that they, they interviewed uh, Verlander in the dugout right after he pitched, and they just asked him that question about the balls, and he gave a more political uh, stance on it and was sure. just saying, basically just saying, hey, and like, I'm not saying anything. We're all playing under the same conditions. That's true. 
But he does have a point. I mean, the point out there is is real. Like, pitchers are going to get screwed because their stats are going to look like junk because of this. And batters are going to have better stats. And, uh, like, I don't know if GMs take that into consideration, but you are messing with people's livelihoods. So, I don't know. I mean, as long as everyone understands it, then whatever, you know? Like, hey. Well, you could make the argument, though, too, that if the game isn't exciting, people aren't going to watch and go to games, and then you're messing with everyone's livelihood, not just pitchers. So I think there's an argument there. But like you said, as long as it's kind of understood, I think that... Yeah, just call it what it is. Yeah, I think the creepy thing is the fact that they actually do legitimately own Rawlings. Like that, I mean, red flag billion of billion <laughs> yeah. 390 million red flags so yeah um, yeah yeah i don't uh i don't have anything else on the oh other than this i just uh they were talking about it i guess or no i was watching uh i don't know and i guess mlb network and i guess when jeff mcneil uh came to at bat in the all-star game they had uh degrom's face up there did you hear or see about that? No, I actually did not see that at all. I don't know what uh, – I did jump on the on – the, after Nolan's second at-bat, I did jump on the bike and watch it from a, a little uh, exercise position, so I wasn't 100% focused. But uh, Well, I didn't, I, I didn't see it during the game myself. I just saw it. They were talking about it, but that's pretty fucked up, man. <laughs> Especially yeah, when everyone was slurping on how well Cleveland was handling the the All Star game, and oh, they did such a great job. Like that's kind of a yeah. big deal. Your first time All Star, and y- you know, you got his face. Yeah, on. you don't get your face up there. Uh, and I will say this: like announcers, stop with all that shit. You know, yeah. like just don't say anything about him unless the uh, fuck something up. Otherwise, we're just going to assume that they did it right. Yeah, that they did their job. That, you know, it, it unless it's like, I don't know. It, it, it was funny, though, because Charlie even said the thing, and it almost seemed because he was like, I've been to a handful of these now. And so he kind of maybe was just insinuating the other ones weren't done very well, which is <laughs> you know, just as bad. But, but yeah. Uh, you know, I, you know, who the fuck even knows who Jeff McNeil is? And then you got to deal with not having the right face up there. That sucks. Yeah. And it's freaking your teammate who happens to be DeGrom. At least they got the right team right. Yeah. Got the team right. Yeah. And the dude leads the, the world in batting average, doesn't he? Yeah. I think so. I think so. Well, Okay, well, let's break off the All-Star break, our All-Star game. Uh, Sorry, I said break because, you know, obviously Nolan played on Tuesday, had Wednesday off, had Thursday off, uh, went ahead and played Friday, Saturday, and, you know, those two days off were enough, so they went ahead and gave him Sunday off. Yep, and to carry on, half of, we'll get to it, maybe we won't, hopefully we won't, but uh, he had half of the first uh, game of the doubleheader off as well, so really getting that guy arrested. Yeah, so what's uh, what's the story there? What the, what the F? 
I think it's just, I think it's like, hey, we've got a double header coming up. Let's, let's make sure Nolan's rested, you know, so he can play both games. That's what I'm assuming. And then <laughs> I don't know if you know or not, but the, the first game of the double header here on Monday, did not go well. July 15th, didn't go great. But uh, let's talk about the Cincinnati Reds, I guess. Or do you want yeah, to? Let's, yeah, let's go there. I, like, I was just – Blackman and uh, Aaron, Arenado not playing in the uh, Sunday game was ridiculous. And I, I get it. The, game, the day before, you, you play a 17-hour game. Or not really, but you have a five-hour delay or whatever it is. Yeah. Super, and I get that, and that definitely makes sense on why you're, you know, you don't play Chris Ionetta on Sunday, but geez. Okay. So, Red Series overall, what is your impression? I don't know. It's, you know, they got two of three, but I didn't, I don't know, man. I, you know, I was thinking like, I, this, this was a huge – this Red Series for me was a huge series to see how the rest of the season was going to go. And I was thinking, okay, you know, they just had a week break, most of the guys. Um, I thought we were going to see them come out with some fire and ferocity, and they were just going to look like they were ready to take the second half and own it. And I didn't see that from anybody other than, I guess – Johnny, Johnny Gray, he pitched really well. I guess you could make the argument that Sonny Gray had a good game, but, I mean, we can't just say, oh, well, oh, you ran into Granke. Oh, you ran into Kershaw. Oh, you ran into Bueller. Uh, you got to win games, man. You're gonna. There's good pitchers out there. You got to... You don't have to crush them, but you got to do something. And yeah, they did end up, the Rockies ended up winning on Friday night. But to me, it was almost kind of like a luck win. Like you got the two late home runs and Johnny did pitch really well, but whatever, a win's a win. And then they come out Saturday and, uh, you know, you're dealing with the, here we go. The, the excuses begin for the second half right off the bat oh, well, we had a three-hour delay, and then we played late, and then we have a game, a day game, and then we have a double header on Monday, and then we play 18 out of 17 days, or what, you know, whatever. You know that's going to come up. It's going to come up a lot, and it's just shitty that it's going to have to, but, um, you know, but then they do, they get it taken care of on Sunday, though it was a close one, a 10-run close close win would have liked to seen him sweep sweep the reds at home after the break but i i I don't know i don't know i i I really want to sit here and say yes the rockies have turned a corner and they're looking good and they're gonna just own the second half but i can't i can't say that yeah well uh here is my series Rocker review. Dark Wolf. He consistently starts to be the ace of this team. And yeah, guess what, umpiring? You still suck. That's for sure. Daniel Murphy finally breaking out. Gets a couple jacks. One was really big. 
but the consistency of the Rockies' bullpen continues to hurt. Oh, yeah, and Freeland makes his debut. How'd he do? Not good or good? Well, I'll tell you this. The defense continues to look like shit, especially you guys out there in the outfield. That hurt Freeland quite a bit. And, yeah, did I mention the umpiring sucks still? That's my review of that series. Uh, There's nothing that I watched that was like, oh, man, yeah. I mean, it was exciting to see Murph go deep and uh, Rockies get that win. Wade Davis looked good in a couple of uh, save situations. Um, Sunday sucked because of the the two big guys that uh, were given the day off. Like, um, seriously, like, I get it. You got a doubleheader the next day and you played that rain uh, delayed game that went on forever, but come on, you gave up 24 hits and 17 runs. You start that game on Saturday with four runs, and it's like, oh, yeah, yep. this is going to be good. You score nine runs, and it's like, yeah, that sounds good. Problem is you give up 17. Freeland makes makes his debut, and he gives up five earned runs, but really there's two hard hit balls against him, I'd say. One happened uh, in a really bad situation. Puig gets hits that triple and scores three guys, but or two or whatever it was. But uh, the other hard one was out over Tapia's head. But I mean, come on, dude! Like you got to make that play. I'm like seriously, you got to make that play. That's some horrible outfielding out there. And uh, did Freeland look good? No, not. Really, did he look bad, though? I can't say that he looked bad. At least he wasn't walking dudes like crazy. As a matter of fact, he gave up zero walks, which is actually very encouraging. But Bettis comes in. He gives up four. Diaz gives up one. McGee? Like, dude, what are you, why are you still on the team? I say that, but he's got a 354 ER. I don't – like, he gives up five. Estevez actually goes one and two-thirds innings and doesn't give up a run, thank God, trying to stop the bleeding. And then Shaw comes in. And at that point in time, by the way, when Shaw came in, it's still like, oh, well, it's a three-run game, I guess. Was it? No. It's when when McGee came in. It's like, oh, yeah, it's still close enough. And then he just explodes. And it's like, oh, geez, dude, you get one out. Estevez bails you out. And then... Shaw, it's still like, okay, maybe there's some hope, and it's like he gives up two runs, and then at that time it's 17-9, to nine, and it's like, well, yeah, you're not going to make that comeback, and they don't, of course, and that game was just like so demoralizing that it's hard to, you know, get exciting about the 2-3 the or the 3-2 victory that you had the night before, which was a great pitching performance by Dark Wolf, and two home runs in the eighth, that was freaking awesome, man. One to tie it, one to take the lead. And then Davis comes in and shuts it down. And it's like, sweet. Then Sunday comes around. You got Bomnato on the bench. And you got Blackman on the bench. A bunch of bench riders that are your all-stars. Like, if you're... If you're a Rockies fan and you, you're like, hey, let's go to the game on Sunday. Like, how pissed are you? Two of the four All-Stars are sitting. 
And then they, they score four runs in the bottom of the first, and you're like, yeah, here we go. But then you remember yesterday they scored four runs in the bottom of the first. So it gets tied up in the second. Uh, Sensatella is not looking great by any means. Um, they take a lead in the fifth. And then you put six on them, and it's like, yeah, dude, it's five to, or it's ten to five. This is good. And then the top of the six comes around, and boom, here you go again. You give up four runs, and you're only you only have a one run lead. Then the thief has to come in and play anyways to help you secure the victory. Uh, so why even give him the day off? I mean, I get it, but anyways, uh, it's yes, we're talking about the same thing. The Rockies. Take a series. Why complain about that? But it's just about the fact that, hey, you, they're not putting those streaks together. And, of course, now we know the first game of the doubleheader, they get smoked against the Giants 19-2. to And it's like, all right, here's the most depressing thing about all of that. Yes, it's in course Field. But guess what? You just let the Reds score nine and 17 runs on you, and then the Giants come to town and score 19. Those could arguably... arguably, argue, Hey, take a breath. Take a breath. Those (laughs) two teams (laughs) are very possibly the worst (laughs) offensive teams in the league. Rant over. (laughs) And the worst, you know, just real quick with today like Marquez it was Marquez too yeah sickening watching that was sickening that is sickening I was very disappointed because I I uh, popped the game I, I took the day off took the day used one of your vacation days to watch two two for one and <laughs> <laughs> that would have been horrible I would have yeah. really been pissed no I uh <laughs> I did not get a chance to start the game off, so I went to go uh, put it on the old headphones. By that time, the game had already started, and it was uh, five to nothing. And I was like, "What the hell? I'm just gonna check in on it later." And then it was whatever happened after that, twelve to nothing. And I'm like, "Okay, what is going on?" So I didn't, <laughs> I didn't get a chance to see it, but I was very disappointed. Um, I get a little emoji from one of the guys in my uh, fantasy group. That's the little dude with his eyes rolling up. Or no, the little dude with his eyes all wide. Like, oh my gosh, Marquez and the dude with his eyes wide. And I'm like, oh shit. So I look again and yeah, he gave up 11 runs. I don't know what happened there. Maybe you watched it, but... uh, my take on it is like, hey, I just think that the culture is not where it needs to be, Bud Black. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, the fucking pitching whisper. And they keep showing them, and they keep, the, the broadcast will keep saying things like this Oh, Bud Black does not look happy. It's like, well, then fucking do something, man. Like, what? Uh, yeah, he shouldn't look happy. His his pitching staff is getting fucking shelled. Okay? Fucking shelled, bud. Owned. Pwned. 
straight ponage. However you want to say it, it's happening. Uh, Marquez, yeah, 11 runs. The good news about that, though, is they were all earned. They were all, they were all Ernie's. Uh, <laughs> yep, good for the defense. Yeah, and not, yeah, and I think it was eleven runs in uh, two and two thirds, or three and a third, or something, something real short like that. Uh, two and two thirds. Here's the problem with with that too: is he goes out there, gives up five in the first, and you know what the players are thinking. You know what they're thinking. Fuck this. There, that game was lost then. They should have just forfeited and taken the rest of the afternoon off. Honestly, I mean, and, you know, you say not only did, did the Giants do what they did offensively, but uh, the Rockies, I'm pretty sure, only got two hits off of Schmarja. Maybe three. I don't, do you have the box there in front of you? Yeah, they got two runs, six hits. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, the, but the, I mean, I think he took the no-hitter into, well, whatever. It was, the, the the Rockies offense still was basically non-existent. It's hard to blame them after giving up five in the first, and then Marquez has a good second, and then gives up eight, you know, doesn't even get out of the third, and it's just like, well, let's, let's, let's go have a lunch. Um, yeah, it's, it's. It's ugly. It's super ugly. And the excuses are going to begin. And of course, you know, he, oh, there's going to be games like that. It's baseball. And it's like, well, yeah, but it's just all these games are adding up to just fucking crush your soul, really, those players' souls, you know. Um, the coaching staff, the it's, it's, it's ugly. Yeah, I mean, here's the good news. Marquez comes out, and uh, of course, Tinoco comes in to stop the bleeding. Oh, wait, no, he did give up four runs mm-hmm. earned. Sorry, five runs, four earned. So, yeah, the Rockies' defense doesn't uh, hold up all that well. Then, of course, Almonte comes in. Uh, he actually does pretty well. He goes two and uh, two thirds inning. I'm just reading the box score here, guys. Just reading the box score. He goes two and two-thirds innings. He only gave up one earned run. Thank goodness. So the next pitcher that comes in, of course you know he's not going to give up a run. And that pitcher is Mark (laughs) Reynolds. Mark Reynolds. But he does give up a run. He gives up two runs. So, um, yikes. Marquez gave up two home runs. So did Tinoco. And the Giants, by the way, had... One guy in the starting lineup that had a batting average over 270, and that was Alex Dickerson, whoever that dude is. He's only got 74 at-bats. Well, actually, 74 is not, not bad. That guy's probably fairly decent. I don't know. Oh, and, and you let Brandon Greasy Ball Hair Crawford hit go four or five for six and have eight RBI. With yeah. his 239 average and 695 OPS, like, uh, yikes, man. It, it really is. It's just culture, though. I mean, is Marquez going to do that on a consistent basis? No. I don't know what was going on with Marquez. We might get some kind of weird story, but 
It's just excuse. one of those deals. Another yeah. excuse. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. But it's just one of those deals. Like, it's not that winning culture from last year that, like, I mean, you can feel the difference. You can feel it. And yeah, the Rockies are hanging in there, right? But again, we've had one, we've talked about one extended winning streak of nine games this year. And it was feeling like that was going to be exciting. That was going to be the turn, and we'd, we'd see some more frequency on some five-game winning streaks, six games here and there. But here we go. I mean, we're just trotting along, taking series here and there, and then still running into losing streaks. So we're, we're continuing to build up losing streaks, and we're not building up any winning streaks. And that's just a recipe for mediocrity. Yeah, and... What really pisses me off is you keep seeing these articles like, oh, what's going to happen at the trade deadline? What are the Rockies going to do? And um, the big one now is apparently there's some, you know, it's basically, it seems like it's down between Stroman and Bumgarner. And then they say like the Rockies are buyers. And I'm reading this stuff and I'm thinking, what fucking team are you watching, writer? Specifically Thomas Harding. It's like, man i would know in no way looking at this team even though they did win two against cincinnati i would not say they're in any place to be buying uh and then it's like bumgarner really i'm i can almost guarantee you he has a no trade clause and i'm sure he would much rather just like to stay in san francisco than go pitch and you know what's happening in um, Coors Field recently, which is mm-hmm. you know I was thinking like how come? Because in reality, like if you're not a Rockies fan, like Saturday's game was fucking awesome. I don't understand why every single home Rockies game isn't nationally televised. You know these games are like those games against San Diego, um, the games against the Dodgers, like those should all, every single one of those, if you want to promote the game and an offensive baseball, put those suckers on national uh, sucks for right. They suck for Rockies fans, but um, yeah, it's, I, I just don't, I don't want to be pessimistic, but there's nothing, you know, and then you got Daniel Murphy. I'm going to go off on him for a little, little bit here. If, if you don't mind, um, you know, he hits, yeah. he hits that home run on Saturday night and like the third inning and he's all pumped up and he's doing his stupid fucking thing. And it's like, dude, it's the third inning. You know, you're going to have to score at least 12 runs to win a game. Act like you know that. Uh, and then today he comes in and he plays a little second and he makes a play and he's like super pumped about it. He's smiling. He's laughing. He's having a good time. It's fucking 16 to two at that time or 17 to two like come on you fucking asshole you look like an asshole i i get the whole like it's a game and you know have fun no matter what like that works in little league and maybe high school i I doubt even high school but you're a you're a grown-ass man getting paid a lot of money a bunch of guys on the team, a lot of money, have high expectations for this season. And you're out there celebrating, making a re- routine play at second when your team is down 17 to 2. Fuck you. Yeah, just get in, like, get in there, do your job, and get out. Like, get, get that game on the books and move on. That's what you're 
trying to do at that point in time. I mean, you got the shark freaking eating you to bits. That's yeah. embarrassing. And then, uh, I mean, you just got all sorts of embarrassing stuff happening. I do want to go back to the to the home run that he hit, though, and I, I would like to give props uh, for this weekend's Rockies fans. So I'm going to go ahead and do it, and I'm just going to say the series rocker goes to the Colorado Rockies fans for being heads-up, intelligent fans out there. On that home run Daniel Murphy hit, uh, they had to review that for fan interference, and guess what? No fan interference. That guy just put his glove up, reached out exactly where he needed to, caught that ball, made sure that whoever was playing left out there, I can't remember who it was, Irvin, whoever it was, uh, could not get a chance to catch that ball because he was right there, and he got a little frustrated, but it's like, hey, bro, you're wearing a red jersey here, uh, just like every other team, but you're wearing a red jersey. We're not going to give that to you. And then on Saturday, uh, or I guess that was was that on Sunday, uh, same thing happens, except it's on a uh, play uh, foul ball down the right field line, and Winker gets all upset at a fan who reached up and caught a ball that he had a fair game to catch, and Winker didn't get a chance to make the out. And same deal, Drew Goodman actually made a made a comment. Hey, Winker, this. Uh, this is a away game. You're not playing at All-American Ballpark, so uh, chill out. I, I uh, actually enjoyed uh, enjoyed the Rockies fans and their heads-up uh, fanship this weekend. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with the Rockies fans. They're pulling their weight. I mean, I think they were like the last seven home games have been over forty-five thousand. That's impressive. Yeah. Um, especially with you know. The way that, you know, I guess you did have four Dodgers games and two Astros games, so that helps. That does help. And it's, you know, middle of the summer. But the Reds, that Red series was was packed. Even, yeah. like, I was super impressed by, even after the three-hour delay on Saturday night, there was a lot of fans still in that stadium, which was awesome. That was fantastic yeah. to see. So there's absolutely nothing wrong with Rockies fans. It's, uh, you know, players and coaches and probably front office people, um, possibly yeah. even ownership. Who knows what the fuck's going on? But, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it. again, we probably, you know, if there's someone tuning in from, uh, that's, you know, whatever, say a Giants fan, they want to hear what we're saying about this upcoming series, and they're like, why are these guys bitching? The Rockies won two out of three against the Reds. And it's like, well, I'll, I'll tell you what, if the Rockies aren't careful the rest of this week, uh, they could find themselves in the basement of the NL West. Very possible. Yeah. I mean, think about that, folks. Think about that. Like we're we're you know poised to win a division here this season at the beginning of the season and and it's very possible that by July twentieth the Rockies are in the basement. Yeah, and they're not even they're not even at five hundred right now as we speak. Yuck. So uh, they need to step it up. Do you, is someone like I guess the only person that I mean you 
do they have the nuts to fire black? I, probably not. But it's like, what do you – can you trade? Do you think – I bet Desmond is worth something right now. I really do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Murphy, I doubt it, but – I don't know, maybe maybe something. Um, he has a track record at least, but I don't know, man. It, it's it's just it's very disappointing. If we're disappointed, you know, guys like Nolan and and Trevor are. I would say Charlie, but honestly, I don't know about him, man. Sometimes it seems like he's just Charlie Blackman, and that's all that really matters. Yeah, uh, you know, I know that's a heavy accusation, and and I'm not officially putting that on record, but I kind of get that vibe sometimes. Um, I don't know. Do you ever feel that with him? Yeah, I do feel like uh, sometimes his he's more important than anything to him, uh, which I don't know. I guess that's okay to some extent, but yeah, he's got uh, that demeanor sometimes, but. Again, like, hey, if you're out there freaking smashing, smashing it up, I'm not gonna be too uh, too frustrated with that. Uh, the fact yeah, of the but... matter is, out of out of all the guys, I mean, he's just the the most consistent. So maybe that mentality is helping him out. I don't know. Yes, but you brought up the whole thing of culture, and oh man, I forgot to bring. I'm gonna interrupt myself here. I do want to get this in before I forget. So there are three big cheeses that that in the off season that signed big contracts: Bryce Harper, Manny Machado, and Nolan Arenado, Joe Buck, or Arenado. And only one of those guys was an All Star this season. Mm-hmm. Which is surprising because it's such a popular vote. You know, and uh, like it just really does surprise me that Philadelphia didn't show up to some extent. Those fans are also a bunch of assholes. So I could see them being like, well, Harper, you're not uh, worth your salt. So we're not going to vote for you. I could see that happening. Plus, I think just human psychology, the rest of the nation is probably like, oh, this fucking guy just made three hundred thirty million dollars. Or what was it? Was it three thirty? Yeah, 3.30 or whatever. 3.30 and he didn't sign till like two weeks into spring training. And, you know, Machado signed for 300 and he left. I guess he was traded from Baltimore. So I I, I guess that's not totally on him. But I think just human psychology and their numbers weren't there anyway. So they're not going to go out there and vote for those guys whereas if Harper would have stayed with the Nationals it's very possible that he would have a better national perception I think and that and and that's where I think Nolan um you know made out there and Nolan's numbers are there as well and and Nolan's not I mean I don't it's hard for me to say because I don't I'm a Rockies fan but I I would have to assume that non-Rock like that Nolan is is pretty well liked just across the board, um, so. But anyway, I did want to get that in. I don't remember what I was talking about. Probably culture. About, yeah, culture. You brought up yeah. culture, and you know, I, I don't think. I mean, you could be hitting four hundred and have forty home runs at the break, and still be an asshole and be a bad 
clubhouse presence. You know, I'm not saying that's what Charlie is, but that's the thing with these Rockies. That's what's so frustrating. They have the talent. They have four all-stars. They have, you know, Tony Walters, who is leading the, the, the national league with batting average for catchers. And, you know, you'd like to say Herman and John Gray and Kyle Freeland based off what they did last year. And uh, that's how naive were we naive to think that the Rockies starting pitching would be at least, at least as good as it was last year. um, If not, you know, better. Was that naive of us? Man, I don't know, but like, Maybe I think about it all the time, like pretty much every time Marquez and Freeland take the mound, because we did that episode and, and you asked me that question on what I expect Freeland and Marquez. And my answer was both of them are going to take that next step forward. And yes, they had a great season, but they're even going to go further and they're really going to step up and they're going to be the one and one ace. And here we sit in uh, July 15th, halfway through July and I uh, just proclaimed John Gray as the new ace, which uh, I don't know. Last year I started the season off saying that John Gray is the is the best and he's going to be my favorite pitcher no matter what. And here we sit and I still uh, agree with that. But at that point in time, John Gray kind of did a dive. So uh, go, go back to maybe your point of jinxing him. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. But, yeah, I feel stupid because <laughs> I made that comment. And here we sit, and they're both kind of just scuffling along. I mean, Marquez is at least, you know, a actual starting pitcher in Major League Baseball. Where Cleveland just <laughs> fell off the face of the planet, and it's boy, how did that happen? I mean, how does that happen? Yeah. I don't know. I don't have an answer. I mean, that's it's just crazy to it think is. that we like. If you would have told me. All of this stuff that has happened this season, if you would have told me that based on all the stats of Freeland, all the home runs he's given up, his ERA over seven, I would have have freaked the freak out and started going crazy and been like, you are an idiot. Yeah, well, I don't think that's my, I don't think it's just you. You know, there's no uh, every single Rockies fan was thinking the same thing, and I, I most I guess most I would say most Rockies fans were thinking the same thing, and I think all we pro- we all feel I'm included. I feel stupid for thinking, yeah, the Rockies can have consistent, solid starting pitching or really any pitching at all because the bullpen hasn't done, you know. <laughs> they haven't done nothing special and uh i don't know man i and and i don't the offense i don't think has enough in them to to win every night to score 20 runs i mean you can't ask your offense to score 20 runs every night uh that but that seems like or i guess 15 that seems like what it's going to take to win baseball games uh, at Coors yeah. Field, at least, uh, and you can't you can't do that. No, no matter how good they are, you can't you can't do that to them. Um, it just sucks. And and man, I don't know. They they've got you know one more game here tonight, starting about twenty minutes at time of recording here, 
and then two more against the Giants at home, and then they've got themselves a big East Coast road trip that, you know, hopefully is positive because, you know, they can maybe get away from Coors Field a little bit and, and maybe things can normalize. But you got to win at home. You can't expect to score 15 runs every night. But that's what was so great about Friday's night. Friday night's game was it was two to three. Yeah, I mean, what was going on in the atmosphere? But the there must have been some atmospheric pressure changes on you know l- late Friday night, early Saturday morning. Um, so you know, I, I I don't know. It's it's gonna be wild. It already is wild. I don't you know I don't want to sit here and say they're out of it, but damn. It's it's really there's nothing that I I'm seeing that like would make me feel confident in saying they could even compete for a wild card spot. Yeah, I mean Friday or Sunday they ended up winning. Uh, that was the game. That was the game they won uh, ten to nine. So you had to score ten one by one run. Uh, Sensatella had a line. That reads five and one-third innings pitched, gave up seven hits, eight runs, all earned, two walks, had four strikeouts. That's a recipe for disaster. That's well, that is yeah. a losing line. Well, and I don't know. I think it, I saw something uh, about how like he's the second pitcher in the modern era to give up eight runs and still get the win. I don't know if it was all pitchers or just Rockies pitchers, but it, you know, something crazy like that. That is crazy. But and definitely not sustainable to your point. No. And and that's his MO, right? Like he's either like doesn't give up a run or he only gives up a couple or he gives up eight. Yeah. I don't, I don't get. It. But the the point I'm trying to make is so after that it's like okay, we're going to bring Tinoco in who it's like who had him on our radar for the bullpen at the beginning of the season. Uh, I don't know if anyone did. Unfortunately, he gives up a home run the moment he comes in, uh, does end up getting some outs, uh, got out of that sixth inning, and then, of course, it's like, what do you do now? We still got to get through the seventh and eighth. What are you going to do? Well, you're going to lean on the only thing that's been a Wait. pillar in the bullpen. I'm giving you an opportunity right now. I gave you an opportunity at the beginning of the season. You didn't take it. <laughs> so in comes Oberg, and he goes two innings. And then, of course, Davis gets to save, and they, they come out without uh, giving up any runs in the 7th, 8th, or ninth, and they get the win. But it's like you're not going to be able to do that all season long. No. And it's just it's just ridiculous. Like you can't you can't get it figured out that way. That you just it doesn't work. It doesn't work. And and I don't know if it's if they're using the same strategies as last year or what what's going on. If the pitching just can't adapt to the it's horrible the balls. Yeah, it's the, the balls, man. The balls and the <laughs> bad strike calling. But yeah, that's uh. It, that, it's just it's just ridiculous. Um, they need to turn it around. They need to figure out a way to get it done. But 
I only have one other thing for the the Red series, and and we're not going to talk about that Giants game today. Uh, but what else? What else do you have before I go into my last last thing? Just this thought of I was thinking today, like as a sports fan, I want my teams to, you know, the teams I pull for to be either really good. Or like pretty bad to where it's like, ah, there's really no shot of anything. Just because the mediocrity is so emotionally exhausting. It really is, especially with baseball through a whole summer. I mean, we started this thing in, you know, April, really. And it's, wow, I mean, fuck, who knows? The payoff could be enormous. I'm not, you know, like that's why you're a fan, right? The That's why you're a loyal fan and you follow a single team because the payoff is huge. But my thought on like the team being bad is at least you can, you know, for me it's more entertainment because then you can, you know, sit around and uh, if you miss a game, you're not bummed about it, I guess. And specifically with baseball, you can get guys – some young guys opportunities where if they do give up a homer or two, maybe not a huge deal. I mean, obviously you want to win as many games as you can, but it's like if they finish the season 82 and 82, does it matter if they finished, you know, 62 and a hundred? Uh, I mean, it's not good. It's not good for the the franchise record books, but maybe you get a top pick. And, um, you know, looking at guys like Nick Senzel, I think in baseball, maybe there's some tides turning where you can have a quick first-round tur- turnover uh, with these college guys coming out. Um, is Toglia ready yet, by the way? Is- <laughs> <laughs> but I'm ready for him, but yeah, uh-huh. So I'm and I'm thinking after today's game, I'm thinking shit. Maybe the Rockies are, you know, are the bad team this season. Is that is that a sickening thought? Is that uh, does that upset you when I say that? Yeah, it does. Honestly, <laughs> I figured it might. I, Not I know, because you're saying it, but I'm feeling it. I you know I because the evidence is there. The evidence is there is the problem. And there's nothing, and they had a chance. They had the clean break, and just their attitude. Looking at them, they 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 show them in the field, and they just don't look. At, I don't know, man. I think. Well, I've got nothing else to say other than just ramblings, but. Yeah, it's uh, it's not fun to watch right now. Even the games that are fun, it's just like even the games they like win. Yeah, too much anxiety. It's nailed, but. You know what? They do have the ability to turn it around. Uh, I mean, they have the ability, and they could turn it around. We'll see what happens. So do you uh, think they should still go out and make a big-time move? Yeah, I do. I do. Because starting pitching? Yep, I think that you go out, you make a big move on starting pitching, you, you hang in on the bullpen, and... Really? You hang in on the bullpen? Yeah, man. What are you going to do? You're going to go pick up another guy that you obviously are going to be wrong about? (laughs) I mean, that's funny for sure. Uh, But, I mean, 
what's the great, uh, well, what's his fucking name? Troy Rank. The great Troy Rank always likes to say, hope is not a strategy. Uh, you know, hoping that the bullpen will just get better. And like, no, I would no, say that's not. okay to think that in like May. But man, we're, we're past the halfway point. We're past the all-star break. We're in July here. Rockies are staring down a, the possibility of the seller. I mean, I'm I feel not, like if you are going to make a move, go go bullpen. My thing is... Or Pablo Sandoval. My thing is, okay, like, I guess if you, like, if you go after a, a known guy, I mean, I guess what means from Baltimore? Go get him? Uh, yeah, I thought he okay. was a starter. No, I thought he was a, he's a relief pitcher, man. I'm thinking, I'm thinking of Will Smith. I don't know the problem just because one, he, I mean, the, I mean, if you're, you're going to have to beat the Dodgers at some point. I mean, we talked about it a couple episodes ago or whatever. Um, they have a lot of lefty bat at lefty bats. But I guess my point is like, you're who are you going to get that's going to contribute? You know, Kashner just moved to to Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what level of a guy are you going to be able to get a Bumgarner? You know, I think there's so many teams out there looking to make moves, and the type of guys that would be worth it more than likely have no trade clauses. I just, I don't, I. I just don't think you're going to get – well, and hey, you know, we did talk about the Rockies making a move, or I, me specifically making a move at the break, doing something big at the break, and uh, they did. They did sign Yonder Alonso. <laughs> How do you like that? Yeah, get watch your back, Murphy. <laughs> uh, yeah, Maybe I they guess. signed him for bullpen help. You can go the Mark Reynolds route. <laughs> yeah, oh, and there's right. another additive bonus to getting making a move for Pablo Sandoval. Yeah, he, he, he can, can come in and pitch for you a little bit. Yep. So I guess my whole thing on it is just that uh, I'd rather see them go internal on the bullpen just because I think they suck at finding talent. I don't think they're going to give up the pieces you need to for uh, uh, Will Smith or even for any top-tier arm that comes out of the bullpen. So why go do that? But to why me, is like, why is bullpen arm talent evaluation different from starting pitching? Well, I don't. I mean, the answer is that it's a completely different role. I think it's different for some reason. I mean, I think the Rockies, for the most part, have shown the ability to do well when it comes to starting pitching uh, evaluation. Or at least a little bit better than the bullpen. I mean, what bullpen arm have they added that you're super, super confident with? I guess the Holland, but that was just a nice, I mean, that was just a risk reward type move that ended up really working out for the Rockies. Outside of that, I mean, even the guys that they add haven't been good. So I don't have an answer for you because I, I, don't, I don't know why. Well, it's I would different. count. I would counter with what starting pitching arms have they added that have been value? Well, I 
I guess in free agency, they really haven't, if that's what you're talking about. I, I meant yeah, even free agents. So you're talking uh, about their through their basically through the draft or like a guy like Marquez who they did make a you know they did make yeah. a deal for, but he was a he was still in development stage. I mean, if you're gonna get, make a move, you're gonna make a move for you know a guy. Yeah. I, I guess to me, it's just the the ability to get a the starting pitcher is just a, a better risk reward, and you have a better ability to go after some guys that are out there that have, you know, some proven history. Whereas a bullpen guy is like, the moment they move sceneries, they're volatile as as all get out, and I just don't think that they give you enough especially the Rockies, where the Rockies are at with their bullpen, because they need every single piece. Dude, you, you could need get one piece. You could, they could make a move for a trained chicken, put them in the bullpen, and it'd be an upgrade. I, but that's the, my point. It would just because it'd be an upgrade to what you have doesn't mean you have to give up something decent to get it, which is what you would have to do in a trade situation. Because bullpen yeah. arms are super freaking expensive at the trade deadline and it's just not worth it but my to me, point it's is like build your starting rotation and get some guys that can go a little bit deeper to relieve some pressure on the bullpen and yeah they're still gonna suck but hopefully you can outscore a little bit and you, you can go a little bit deeper into games and i'm i'm not disagreeing with your thought of getting a starting pitcher i'm just saying if you're gonna do it you might as well get someone like a stroman or I guess a bum garner, but I just feel there's, I mean, there's so many other teams out there, big, you know, big swing and dick teams like the Yankees, teams like that, who, fuck, I mean, they could get both those guys. I don't know. Um, and I don't know. I, I got to, like, Madison Bumgarner has to have a no trade clause. I don't know about Stroman. But it seems like you're saying like get like a maybe a mid tier starter. No, this whole conversation started with you saying, "Do you think the Rockies should go get a Bumgarner or a Stroman?" And I was like, "Yeah." And then I said, "Don't worry about the bullpen because they're not going to make a move for both." And maybe they should. I mean, really, maybe they should. But I'd say focus on a starter because who's starting the second game of this doubleheader? Chi-Chi, it's back, baby. Chi-Chi. <laughs> I mean, you got, you're got you throwing out Lambert and Chi-Chi Gonzalez out there. I mean, like, I just That's think That's my point. Like, I'm basically saying, like, it almost seems like a waste of your time to make any move. I guess what I, like, I'm, like, either going to either go for it or don't. And I say, if you're going to go for it, then you should probably get a bullpen arm as well. I'm not saying they should do that, but I'm saying if they do make some kind of, hey, we're all in, even though we're below 500 here, I don't know. I just, I guess what I'm getting at is they probably shouldn't do anything unless they can move Desmond for something they like for future building. Really, is the shitty, is really what I'm getting at. Yeah. And it's a sad thought because essentially that means they're out of it. And I don't know. Kashner's gone. I like the Kashner idea because he probably wouldn't have been that expensive, but it's that's not an option. 
any well i mean i guess you could be traded again but that would be rare <laughs> yeah that's doubtful but no i thought i asked you do you think they should make a move and you said yes go get a starting pitcher and then i was yeah. like well what starting pitcher well either way i think that um the i still think that they should make a move because i do think that with the way the rosters belt right now they need to they need to continue to go for it and i think that that just by making that move could change possibly change the culture and i do think it's starting pitching i don't think that it's worth going to get a bullpen arm because uh you're unless you're going to go after one of those big guys even then i think that you got to stick with what you've got there and i know it's not i know you don't want to hope that they get better, but just know what you have and that, you know, every now and then the offense is going to have to step it up and outscore in those late innings. But I think you can change the culture with a good starting pitching arm, and that's what you do because your roster is just built to compete right now. It's not, you know, it's not built for re, I don't want to say rebuilding. It's not built for the future, you know, it's, it's something that you got to go, go do right now, and just show us that it doesn't really matter that where you're at. It matters where you're gonna be, and you want to continue to add pieces. And yeah, you don't want to add like a one-year rental guy right now. You want to make it somewhat smart. But I think that you definitely need starting pitching. I think that's a higher need than. Uh, bullpen arm but again like I said earlier I'd like to see them add starting pitching add to the offense and if there's any trade ability left then maybe yeah you add to the bullpen but I just don't think the bullpen is going to be much better than what what we've seen well we'll see soon because then at the, you know, I, I mentioned about it being on the 31st, but I think this season they changed the deadline is moved. Is it the, I think it's the 22nd now, which is next Monday. The 2019 MLB trade deadline is on July 31st. Right? Do you know about this? Am I wrong? Am I right about this? Yes, you are wrong about this. Uh, I don't, I can't confirm nor deny. I know for I a fact the I know for the a fact they know there's not going to be the uh, the waiver deadline in August right. anymore. Right. But that, I think they moved up the deadline to the 22nd. You are wrong about this. The 2019 MLB trade deadline is on July 31st. So we'll know within a week. You are wrong. You are wrong. The 2019 MLB trade deadline is on July 31st. Which is exciting. That is exciting. It is exciting, and I think that they're gonna they're gonna make a move. Now, whether it works out or not, <laughs> <a different> story. <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see. All right. Well, hey, that last thing that I wanted to to go over, I got to get it out there. Do it. Uh, so I'll make it quick. Um, and what that is is, I would just like to say. From Saturday's or Sunday's game, Ian Desmond got a hit in that game. We love seeing Desmond get a hit, uh, but 
he did get thrown out on that hit. And I'd like to say, um, fuck you, Mark Ripperture. That is maybe the worst call I've ever seen in baseball. Did they get, he got a hit for that? Uh, Listen. I gotta assume so. I, yeah, I guess you're right. I was prepared for this because I knew you would probably bring this up and probably be mad at the umpire. And the umpire, I don't know how the rule is written. Ian Desmond's left foot did cross the um, the foul line there, and his body did turn. Now, I don't know if there's a gray area with all that. According to fucking Goodman and whatever, I guess one of the Reds announcers that you have to have intent to go. I don't, I'd have to read the rule. But I also know this. As a baseball player, you are taught to run through the bag from when you're four years old. And I'm not, don't leave it up to the umpire. How about that? How about we not leave it up to the umpire's uh, jurisdiction, okay? How about we not do that, especially when we know they can't call balls and strikes anymore? Like, what do you, do you think he should have been running through the bag, or do you think he was fine doing what he did? He did Desmond. run through the bag, and then he turned around and came back to it. He ran through the bag like one step. I'm talking running through it like all the way to the outfield grass on a grounder in the infield that's fielded. And speaking of base running, okay, Tony Walters almost gets picked off second. Then he does end up getting picked off of first. Nolan <laughs> hits a fucking fly ball. And this is why we're upset, even though they won the games. Nolan hits a fucking fly ball to left field. The left fielder drops it. It's an air. Nolan winds up at first. He should have been at second. Yep. But he gets away with it because he's a lazy little bitch when it comes to running the fucking bases. But it doesn't ever get called out because he's, you know, the god of third baseman, which he is. He, I'm not denying that. Kid can hit. Kid can pick it. But he can't run the base. It happened against Cincinnati last season with the not knowing there was only one out and getting... You know, so the it's stuff like it's discipline. They're such an undisciplined team that for me to sit here and be on board of making deadline moves is tough because it doesn't <laughs> matter who you bring in. You still have to have a core of quality. And maybe they do have their individual accolades and their individual stats. Call them the team of individuals. Uh, but you need a team to win. They're finding that out the fucking hard way, I think, right now. Yeah, I mean, they're the uh, that's all culture, and that's all. Those are all major issues. When it comes to the Ian Desmond thing, to me, it's just like, hey, man, if you watch that play and you're just a regular baseball observer, it's like, that's just a, a like, a, a, I'm big timing you, calling you out in that situation because I think that it would be. It, to me, it's just surprising that you make the, the out call in that situation. Like if the, especially with replay, you know, it's like, hey, if the if the other team wants to say, hey, the, he was trying to go to second and we want to tag him out. Like I, I get that. And then you can, then you can play, put a replay on it. But it's like, uh, I just don't like, to me, there's, 
there is no obvious evidence that he should have been called out on that. I mean, he did run through the bag and he turned around to come back to the bag and he got called out and it was, uh, I don't, I don't did know. Not, I, I would not describe that as running through the bag. I will disagree with you on that. He, it's so like you, what, one or so two how many steps. steps? So what? Running six? through the bag full. S- yeah, like. You got to get six steps okay, through? Watch Trevor's story run through the bag sometime and see how far down the line he goes. And then, and then you turn right. Yeah, I mean, I don't Listen, know. Listen, I'm I, not saying I'm not saying the umpire wasn't being a dick there. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is just don't leave it up to their discretion because that is a judgment call. This whole intent to go to second, and I get it. It was it was a horseshit call. But I still don't leave it up to them. Just don't do it. I agree with not leaving it up to the umpire, but I'm, I guess I'm saying, okay, so let's say he runs seven steps through the bag and then he starts strolling back and then gets called out because he's still turned towards the second base. Then it's a different story for you is what you're saying. Well, he shouldn't be turning towards second base if he's running through the bag. Well, yeah, he runs through the bag and then he turns and comes back towards first base, and let's say he turns hand. to the left-hand side, and he's walking back to the back. Then, then yeah, you're saying he, he out. gets called out? Yes, because you're not. A, that's the rule. You're not supposed to be on the left side of that line. You're supposed to. I mean, you you can't show intent to go to the second base. I don't know if that's the rule or not. That's what I'm saying. I think. Oh, I don't that's know the if, rule for sure. You've looked you have to be on up. the you have to be on the foul side of the or on the fair side of the ball and show intent to go to second base. But that like the, the then the rule needs to have some different wording because. But you're right. I mean, I'd much rather would have seen Ian Desmond run right through Derek Dietrich's stupid face, but yeah, he didn't. that works. He didn't. That works too. Instead, he chose not to run through the guy. <laughs> I mean, Listen, that's really I, what happened there. I think if you can, I think you got to sell high on Desmond. Like he's finally, I think, I think maybe you do need a whole culture change. Get rid of Desmond, get rid of Murphy, Reynolds. Obviously you, you keep your young guys and your core guys. Maybe it's those three guys that are just bringing everyone down. Desmond's a good, a good piece right now for sure. I know, but it's like if you want to maximize no a good piece to move a good piece to move. Yeah, Yeah. I think so. Yeah. As much as we've shown love for Desmond here on the Rockaroo, can't deny that two seasons of it. I think it's time. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. The next game is starting though. Right now, as we speak, Uh, that's going to be Giants Rockies. And uh, Chichi Gonzalez is going to go against uh, Derek Rodriguez, Pudge Jr. So uh, that's starting right now. And then uh, Lampert's going to go tomorrow against a to-be-determined pitcher for the Giants. And then uh, some guy by the name of Anderson is going to go against the Dark Wolf on Wednesday. So that should be good. They're not going to play Thursday. I'm cranking right through this because uh, I don't have a lot of positivity. But then the Rockies go to the Yankees. They go to New York City. 
Those games might have some national exposure. I don't know. If they do, Rockies, you need to be ready to rock and whip their asses. That's what needs to happen on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, which will take us from July 19th to the 21st. So uh, I'm excited for those Yankees games. Hopefully the Rockies are a different, have a different identity and uh, we really get to see some awesomeness there. And maybe uh, Tumulinski will be back. Doubt it, but that would be funny. Uh, so there we go. Go Rockies. I'm Groot.